It's a great day to be a coyote. Welcome, Coyote Nation, to the inception of Back the Pack Podcast, where we are going to be bringing you all of your favorite moments, commentary, and, of course, discussion with our fellow coyotes. Before we get started, though, I want to introduce the crew. I'm here with fellow coyote crazies, Mitch and Jordan. I am Jake, and we are just three people who love the University of South Dakota and know there are others like us who want to hear more about what's happening throughout coyote country. As a disclaimer, we have no affiliation to the University of South Dakota. This is a podcast ran by fans for fans. The ideas and comments do not represent the university. Our opinions are our own. With that being said, I'd like to kick things off by introducing ourselves and going over our backgrounds with the University of South Dakota. Like I said, I'm Jake. I attended the University of South Dakota from 2010 to 2014. While there, I studied business and graduated with a degree in business management. I chose to attend the University of South Dakota with the idea of actually using it as a stepping stone school. When looking at colleges, I really, truly had my eyes set on attending Iowa State University. But the sheer size of that school completely intimidated me. With USD being a smaller in size school, I thought it could be used to prepare me for what college life is all about. But life has a funny way of working things out. I fell in love with the University of South Dakota. I became a member of Tau Kappa Epsilon and started building lifetime friendships. The classes were perfect for me. Even when attending the Level 100 classes, teachers knew their students by name and were always there when I needed help. I met my now wife in the spring of 2011. The University of South Dakota truly had me hooked, but what made me fall in love with USD even more was my grandpa. He actually attended the University of South Dakota in 1963 to 1967, where he was actually able to play both football and basketball and even be inducted into the Hall of Fame for both sports. His true passion about the university and the athletics is what motivated me to continue my education with USD and eventually work with Jordan and Mitch to create this podcast. I'm so excited for this opportunity to share my love of Kyle Athletics and hopefully help more fans like us come forward. This is truly a great university with some wonderful alumni. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm Jordan. Uh, catch me on Twitter, jd 6 ope 5 um, I attended USD, same as Jake, same time frame, 2010 to 2014. Uh, I, I got my undergrad degree, bachelor's degree in exercise science, uh, and then uh, stayed in Vermilion another two years, could not leave. Um, and got my master's degree in kinesiology sport management. Um, also, like Jake, I met my now wife uh, through the music program. I was in the marching band uh, and all the different bands down at USD uh, while I was there. So got to do a lot of pep band, fell in love with the basketball programs. Um, obviously, I had to be at every football game with marching band and um, took some road trips to Minnesota, Kansas, Air Force, um, and uh, Northwestern out in Chicago. So uh, fell in love with USD athletics pretty early on. I, it was between when I was making my decision in high school, it was, honestly, it was USD. And if that didn't impress me, back to square one. Uh, dad played, walked on at USD um, for basketball in the mid-80s for a few years. And uh, loved the Coyotes. And um, I actually was fortunate enough to get a walk-on opportunity for track as well. Uh, going into my freshman year uh, with all of the different uh, balls I was juggling my freshman year I had to drop track though I just with everything I was involved in I 
wasn't in love with track. I was very fortunate enough to have had a great season in senior year of high school, but uh, just didn't have the love and the commitment that track requires year round. So I had to drop that, but uh, um, it was amazing coaching staff. So anyways, once I left USD, stayed connected, stayed um, pretty involved with trying to be at sporting events. Um, but I have a strong passion for USD and now living in Sioux Falls, uh, trying to make sure that, you know, our fan base continues to grow here in uh, South Dakota's large city. Now, Jordan, that's something I didn't know about you, the track. What, what race were you going to do? So I was the, uh, uh, field, I was field part of track and field. I, uh, up in Watertown, we were just messing around in the gym, doing different dunks. Believe it or not, back in the day, I could, I could dunk it. Uh, the track coach came up and he's like, Deck, you got to go out for track, man. You can't be doing nothing the spring of your senior year. And so I did, I tried tri triple jump. Um, coach Chad Rohde is a big, is a Yoda alum, uh, really successful coyote career in track and field at usd um but he convinced me as well as coach godfrey to go out and uh fail that triple jump fail that long jump ate sand actually in triple jump but let's know i stuck with high jump and ended up getting tied for or excuse me second place at esd conference of a jump of six three and coach Gottsleben at the state tournament i, I placed seventh actually i believe Drew Innings won it that year. And I was super impressed because of Drew's size and the way he could jump. And little did I know, once I saw him at USDR freshman year, I was like, oh my God, he's a football player? It just made it that much more impressive. But anyways, Coach Gotts um, offered me a walk-on spot and um, I, I didn't do very well at the inter-squad meet freshman year. And in the weeks that followed, I, I told him, I was like, I just don't know if I have the commitment that's needed. It was a great run yep. for, you know, that six, seven months, but it was just a fluke for me. That's awesome. I would have never thought you would have been able to jump over me. I mean, that's not usually a thought that I have when I see people and meet people, but the fact that you can jump over me is, well, at least used to be able to. I don't think the dad's on your suit anymore. <laughs> All right, and Mitch. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, so my name is Mitch. Uh, I grew up 25 minutes north of Vermilion in a small town of 300, Wakanda, South Dakota. And honestly, I've been a coyote since as long as I can remember. As a kid, you know, fourth through sixth grade, going to camps at USD in the summer, attending games in the Dome. Every year, coaches would bring us there to games to see what the college atmosphere was all about. So just kind of always idolized USD and then being right there so close to home was easy to do and so uh ended up going to usd as a student from 07 to 11 uh, graduated with a uh, bachelor's in business administration and management which i think is the same as as you jake and uh ended up working you know a couple a couple different jobs outside of college uh, i moved to sioux city so i stayed pretty close i'm i'm now just 25 minutes east of vermilion i moved uh, again a little north when i bought my first home so I'm just on the Iowa side of the Big Sioux River. But, um, you know, I've stayed connected to the Yotes over the years. I try to attend a couple games every year for both basketball, football, and, and now even soccer has, has really piqued my interest. It's such a growing sport, so I try to attend those as well. But really, uh, my one claim to fame is kind of I, I pride myself on the uh, founding member of the student tailgate at USD. So when I got there, 
there wasn't any student tail. There was no student tailgating uh, whatsoever. At the time, a computer science buddy of mine and buddy of his, my now wife Liz, basically us four started uh, student tailgating at USD, and I want to say that was around 2009, 2010, uh, at at uh, football games. And uh, kind of one unique thing about myself is that later on, I think it was the next year, uh, David Herbster asked me to make two sets of uh, cornhole boards for USD. And that was at the time uh, that the logo was still the UDOT. And so you guys probably remember that as the as the primary logo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I still have a set of those. I made an extra set for myself. So I still have a set in my uh, shit out back. So you might see that at tailgating once in a while, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of my claim to fame at USD. And then also just one other fun fact about me, my junior year in 2010, I was part of U Radio and I had a weekly uh, sports talk show with two other guys who were in the uh, in journalism and communication studies at the Al Newhar Center there on campus. It was Kyle Miller and Jerry Pileschi. For those that know the radio, Jerry Pileschi is now the... Uh, play-by-play commentator for women's basketball. So such a cool moment to see him kind of work his way up and now become a uh, part of USD as well. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much my story. That's awesome. And you see there, folks, there's a reason why I reached out to Mitch. Actually, I had no idea he had a radio background. I totally took a shot in the dark. I found this guy on Twitter that was literally just making the exact same comments that I was on all the other Kyle Pote. And I was like, you know what, he's, he's digging it. He's into the USD. Jordan and I, of course, we know each other. Heck, I actually knew his wife before I knew Jordan. Met her randomly walking through the dorms one night. It, it's really such a great school. Uh, we have such a good community built up. There's great relationships that are built, whether it is on campus or afterwards. You know, I'm really looking forward to growing this relationship with Mitch and then also, you know, getting back in touch with an uh, old friend from college with Jordan. So with it, though, I kind of want to move on. You know, people don't care too much about us. They care about why we like the Coyotes and what we're excited about. So I think we're going to get started with our favorite players. And with the season ending not too long ago, I think we should really focus on who our favorite football players were for the season. And so with yeah. you know, it's kind of going to jump right. I'm going to jump right in. I'm not going to call out the top. The top guys, you know, the ones that everybody expects you to say. The ones I want to talk about are O-linemen. These guys were the building blocks for the future. You know, and I'm going to butcher names because I'm not good at pronouncing names. But Joey Lombard and Isaac Arabs were the developers of this O-line. They are a junior and senior, respectively. And without their knowledge and ability to know the game, I, I really question where our O-line would have been. There, there's studs on it, but the oldest O-lineman after that is a redshirt sophomore. That age gap, it just blows my mind on that to see, you know, what they were able to do, their guidance that they gave those guys, and how they were able to develop through the year. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll just add to that, you know, Travis Tice, he had 840 yards, so... You know, I, I think USD is a run-first team. I think we all see that. We, we work off that play action, and uh, my challenge next year would be getting a guy to 1,000 yards, right? I think that's what we all would like to see. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And with, I mean, we have the building blocks there, and we have the running back room. And I'm going to say it again. I already said it on Twitter once, and I got 
drug through the mud on this, but we have the best running back room in not only the Missouri Valley, but the FCS. It does suck losing Nate Thomas. That kid was electric, and he is going to be a big loss. But with all the guys we still have in the running back room, I will still confidently call it the best room. Well, and I think, Jake, too, like our offense, uh, we should be returning everyone but the right guard, Isaac. Herbs, uh, right? Herbs. Um, and then, obviously, Nate Thomas left for Idaho. So everyone on the offense should be coming back. The, the running back room will be stacked. The wide receiver room. Um, it's going to be stacked. Aiden, obviously, with another year under his belt. Um, the defense, it's just going to be tough to replace um, Miles, Brock, and Brandon. But I feel like the depth was good this past year. But, the, I mean, I guess I can, if I can, jump right into, mm-hmm. like, my favorite player to watch was Miles this year. Easy. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, he's hands down. Oh. Like, it was... We went to, I think, three of the home... We were able to go to three of the home games this year. Um, and I made it like a point to, when he was out there, to watch him. And pros make the difficult things look easy. Miles made cornerback look easy. Yeah. Like he, he made it look so flawless. And I think that's what makes him... You know, because he just got invited to the combine, right? Like I think that's yeah. what makes him pro eligible and i'm excited to see his future in the nfl and you know he had the ability to not just to work on wide receivers in the missouri valley there are studs throughout missouri Uh, you know i'm not gonna go too in depth on other teams on their rosters on that but look at the game number one he against mizzou hey you're going against luther burden if i remember correctly it's how you say his name that kid's gonna be a first round pick next year Mm-hmm. More than likely. And yes, he got his yards. He He's still a number one pick, and we're still an FCS school. But when Miles lined up on him, he disappeared. Mizzou just did a good job moving him around the field. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I remember that game vividly where he got that deflection INT and he returns it like 30, 40 yards. You know, and he's just a lockdown corner. I, I think he, he looks the part too. You know, overall his career, I'll just add some stats here six career INTs, 20 PBUs five forced fumbles and, and four fumble recoveries. I mean, that guy, he just, he lights it up. And his stats would be better if teams would throw at him, but they just don't because he is a lockdown corner. Well, yeah, and I and I never played, like, a ton of competitive football enough, but, like, usually as on the defense, like in the secondary, if your name isn't necessarily being brought up a lot, that's, that's good. Like, obviously, interceptions. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, but... When your name and the the guy you're guarding isn't being brought up a lot, it's like, oh, he, he, that's because he's doing his job. Because he's not relevant in the game. He's keeping that guy irrelevant for the game. Now, he did get voted correctly, so I'll say that. But that's the one thing I don't like most about the all-conference teams in general. The truly good corners are not going to be listed on Team 1 because you have these reporters that will go down the stat book and they'll see oh, wow, this one corner had, you know, 15 pass breakups. He had four interceptions. It's probably because offense was targeting him because they saw weaknesses. Whereas with Miles, very minimal stats and his amazing run support, he he never really got to fill his stats besides tackles. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a surefire draft pick, and I do think that he'll be starting in the NFL. 
might take him a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot of games under his belt in this first year. I don't know, like a Jack Cochran thing, but I think he's got a better chance. And yeah. like maybe undrafted, but maybe he does get drafted. You know, Jack has earned his way into significant playing time on special teams and on defense. We're going to see him on Saturday. Well, we're going to try anyways. I don't know if I want to register for Peacock to watch the game. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lame. Yeah, services. Yeah, I mean, and we'll give a shout out to Jack. I I watched was it the Chiefs versus Green Bay, and he was out there. I watched him on defense call and play. He's earned the right to be on the field. So, and I mean, shout out to Jack and putting in his work. I know he was a stud here, but that only gets you so far at the next level. That's what you put your time in afterward. But I think you know, talking along the lines of our draft picks and those. I'm going to jump to Baros in our other corner who he got picked on a lot because he was opposite of Harden. And yep, he showed up big time, play after play after play. He was in the right spot every time. I feel terrible for the way his season ended because I'm really curious what it would look like if we could have kept him on the field through the playoffs. But he's, you know what, he's our next stud. Yep. I agree. The dude's a ball hawk, and, you know, it really showed in that NDSU playoff game. You know, what did NDSU come out and do? They were passing on us left and right, and, and his absence definitely was felt. Yep. And then I, we do have to jump back to the offensive side now. Yeah, I I really want to talk. I, I call them the twins because standing next to them without the jersey number, it's hard to tell them apart. But uh, Carter Bell and Jack Martin. I swear, you you turn them, they face the opposite, uh, they're facing away from you. They look like twins next to each other, and of course they're 15 and 14, so. (laughs) But those guys are just reliable. I think is the best way to describe them. The ball gets in their area, and it's going to stick in their hands. You know, I, I know we had some plays, everybody has those bad plays here and there, but the moment I saw the ball thrown to one of those two, I knew... Yeah, I knew it was a catch with ease. And they're just a joy to watch because of their separation capabilities. I think you nailed it with reliable. And with another year under their belts, um, and Aiden coming back. I mean, this is all expected, right? But, I mean, yep. yeah, the deadlines for a lot of things have already passed. So I think that kudos to the coaching um, to get them to stay and to believe. And, you know, the, the postseason poll – these folks believe that the University of South Dakota can make some noise next year. And it's still going to be, it's going to be a more experienced team, but it's not going to be like a super senior team. Like you've got um, this, both schools to the north of us yes. that are to be. Because um, those teams are going to be great again, but USD is also going to have another year of experience under their belt. They're going to have that experience of playoff games, of being on national TV, albeit an embarrassing way to end the season. You know, it happens. No one expected us to be there except for the guys in the locker room, to be honest. I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, like when I looked at it, I said seven and four, seven and five, whatever it was. And I was like, I will take that because that's a progression. Like that is, but to finish nine and two, nine and one in the Missouri Valley, I mean, I'll take it like that. Well, we had to get a playoff win, right? Like that was the Sacramento state game was so much fun to be at. It was so much fun to watch the confidence in the guys, the way they responded to the trash talking on the field that Sac state came out with and 
the cheap shots that you saw, um, yeah, they handled it very maturely, and um, it, it was something I hadn't seen before. Yeah, and you know what? I'm a, with the Sacramento State game that you bring up, I'm actually a shout-out, a surprise player on that one, and that was the USD fan base. We showed up. That dome was rocking, and it was honestly the loudest I have ever heard the dome, aside from one other game earlier this year, but we'll get into that one later. I... <laughs> I was having so much fun at that game, and it, actually, funny story from the Sacramento State. I, I like to talk to traveling fans. You know, the away fans, they show up in Sacramento State. That's <laughs> a long flight. Who wants to come to South Dakota for a game? And so I see these two, sac a couple of Sacramento fans walking out. I said, hey, guys, you know, thanks for coming to the game. It's really great to have you guys here or whatever. Hope you're having fun. And they both look at me and go, we're from Nebraska. And then walked to the fact <laughs> And, you know, I was just, it was one of those things, I was just left speechless, so I just kind of turned around and walked back to my seat. I didn't know what to say at that, so, you know, I let it be, but the other Sacramento State fan I did see, I, I had to give him a hard time, because it was like 42 degrees. Like, this was not our typical December weather. Yeah. But the guy was suited up like he was ready to race in the dead run. Like, he was ready for that. <laughs> just frozen. Oh. So, yeah, but, bro, it's 72 degrees at game time 10. Now, we did get a little off topic, so we're going to run it back. And I'm going to have both of you throw out in the weeds favorite player. And I'll start. I'm going to make it easy for you. Javion Phelps, wide receiver, kid. He has Carter Bell and Jack Martins in front of him, and he still finds a way to get out on the field. And not only to be on the field, but to be a part of the play, too. He's very clutch, and I'm really excited to see what he can do and develop for next season. It, it will be really cool to see what happens. I agree, and I'll just add a quick, uh, I'll add a quick moment here, a, a personal moment for me in that playoff game. His first career touchdown was right in front of me. I was section H, row one, like five-yard line, and that catch was literally right in front of me, so... You know, I was like, "Oh, okay, this guy's this guy's got something," you know. And we we, we talk about Carter Bell and 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 Martins, but it's like, you know, this kid, he's up and coming. I agree. That's that's a sleeper pick. I like that. And you know, with that first touchdown too, if you go back and look, he caught that ball through two defenders. Like that was not easy at all. And if I remember correctly, I believe Carter Bell was even behind him too. So I mean, it was a crowd, and he went up snatched the ball with confidence and came down right for his first touchdown, which, you know, kudos. Someone was going to catch that ball, and he jumped up and took it. Exactly. All right, Pete. All right, I'll give mine. So it's not a super sleeper, but it's honestly probably my favorite player on the team is J.J. Galbraith. Oh, yeah. This kid, five touchdowns, 579 yards. He had the longest uh, touch, uh, longest catch of the season for the Yotes in that playoff game against Sac State, 75 yards. I mean, the dude runs like a, a gazelle, right? For being that big, he just he's so smooth. And this is kind of, I'll kind of give a two for one. So Josh Davis coming over, a new offensive coordinator. This guy comes from you know the the school up north, which we will not mention. Um, 
he he loves the tight ends, right? That school loves the tight ends, and I think he brought that with him. And I see the tight end uh, position at USD becoming kind of a focus uh, for this team, and I think they have a great one uh, in Galbraith. I, I think there's so much potential there, and it, we're just kind of the tip of the iceberg with him. Yep, exactly. And I don't know who is diving into the weeds of recruiting like I do. National Signing Day coming before Christmas is just like warm up for Christmas. I'm already excited. I'm already amped up because I'm getting, you know, new presents that I, I can't wait to see and play with out there. And they really put a focus on recruiting tight ends as well. So JJ is going to start a trend. And I think with what their focus is on the recruiting side of things, it's just going to keep getting better and better. And, you know, to add with... And it's going to get more local, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to add with the JJ thing and what we said about Jack and Carter, what was the word I used to describe them? Reliable. And that's what JJ follows up with, too. And I, I'm not saying I'm seeing a trend, but it's definitely looking that way. Now, Jordan, who's your... My I'm going to go different. I'm going to look different because not offense, defense. I'm going special teams. All right. And I'm going with Leland. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. A walk-on in, in 2020, correct? 2020. Perfect. Perfect. 13, 13. Perfect. 13, 13 perfect. Field, 37 of 37 and 38, 38 on extra points. And he's a sophomore. He's going to be coming in junior. He's fantastic. His kid, he's he's Mr. Reliable. He had the game winner against Youngstown State, which which I was at. And like you walk up and you just see him, and he's just all cool. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but like just get me out there. Let me let me kick it. And I got this, guys. Yeah. Um. And you know, I noticed that he, he and and I love the confidence too. There's a certain uh, uh, Twitter account that always comments on USD accounts from the other school because. We tend to live rent free in that fan base is head for a majority. Percent. And he likes those comments from time to time. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I'm gonna have to pay attention to that. <laughs> the latest one, the latest one, I think we finished number four in the poll when they announced that. Um, that account seems to have nothing better to do than to comment on USD stuff. Um, comments and he likes it. <laughs> and I'm going. That's awesome. I love that. I love that uh, that confidence and uh, the receipts that people keep. Oh, yeah. Because everything's cyclical, boys. What goes up comes down. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited. on We're on the upward trend, and I love it. Yep. So, Will, anyways, Will Leland, I, he was he was fantastic. Um, my, I'm trying to see here what his longest was. I think it was 50 against SDSU. Yeah, 50 against SDSU. Um was his longest on the year. And but again, we, that, we play in a dome. That may, that may have been a career long too, I think. Mm -mm. I don't, he doesn't have any other stats. This was his first year. Yeah. Okay. So that probably is. And I, I can tell you that 50 yarder, I, I think that was good from 60. Like it sailed over the uprights, no problem. So, and not only obviously he's the best kicker on the team, but I'm going to go out and say it. He's got the best hair on the team too. That guy had the perfect flow. And I think it matches his swagger. It, it just California dress or California hair. Sunshine. Sunshine, yep. Sunshine. He's got perfect flow. Oh, but yeah, I I just want to say that this is this is the only con this is the only place you're gonna get content like this than a fan pod where we talk about a, a kicker's hair, all right? So this is the stuff that people should be coming here for. 
these kind of takes. And you know what? I am 31 years old, working on 32. And if we're going to keep going on the hair trend, I'm going to just say it. Brandon Webb has the beard I pray to someday have. He's got shots kiss. Oh, yeah. He's got the mountain man beard, and he rocks it perfectly. And that's how I like my D-lineman, especially the D-end. Rugged, manly, get after it. And he, I mean, he was just fun to watch. And then the beard, the beard just makes it so much better. And yeah, guy, I think we can't go on without saying what Brock and Brandon did for this defense overall throughout the year. I mean, Brock's a six-year guy. I don't, I can't remember how many of you. Brandon is he a fifth, a fifth or sixth? I'm trying to remember. I'm struggling on that right now. But the 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 passion they had, the the commitment they had to the University of South Dakota and the football team. I mean, they they were true captains. Yeah, and. God, we're gonna. We're, those are big shoes to fill yeah. on the defensive side of football. Exactly, you know, and that you're always worried because you don't get to. We're not at practice. We don't get to see what's going on, but losing those two and then Miles Harden as well. It, there's huge shoes to fill, and I would not be shocked if you know someday you guys walk up to me next year and say it was really fun watching Webb and uh, Mogensen in the NFL, play their game. It was fun to watch Harden play. Those guys, they belong in the NFL just as the team, honestly, as a team captain. They are going to put the team on their back. They're going to carry them through it. And I I really, truly don't have words to describe how much they mean to the program and what they did. And sticking it out for a low spot, too, I'm going to call it one of the highest spots in USC history. Now, we're young. I know back in the 80s, we did make it to the championship uh, or the level of football we were in at that time. But what they did and putting the season as the best one in my lifetime, it's hard to really put into words. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I we did. can thank those guys enough. Oh, I'll, let, me, let, me, let me finish this one second. So I, I just want to say thank you to those guys because I don't think we can thank them enough just for what they did. Uh, for the program, you know, you talked about it, you know, kind of where the low of the lows where we were to go to the, the best season in, in D1 FCS history for the school. I mean, talk about a turnaround. And like we talked about earlier, nobody really expected that. So kudos to those guys for just staying and just grinding yep. and, and leading this team and then being the building blocks and kind of setting that next that next block in place to build for the future. I mean, just unbelievable. So, so kudos to those guys. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think we could sit here and we could pull up every game and only talk about those two and we'd fill two, three episodes on them. And I, at this point, it's hard to move on to our next segment, our next part of this. But I, you know, I think we should just give one last shout out to them. Uh, Like I said, I'm lost for words on how to show my appreciation of how much they meant to the team. But they put us where we are and where we're going to go. And so without that, I I don't know what happens, but thank you to Brandon, thank you to Brock, and thank you to Miles. You guys were awesome. Now, I am going to go one last player. I, this is not my pick. I talked to my wife, and I told her, you know, how we're going to do the show and what our approach was going to be. And she goes, oh, well, can you mention my favorite player for me as well? Like, okay, yeah. I, I knew who it was. But I just wanted to double check. And she goes, yeah, number one. 
I like him. And I was like, Tristan? She goes, yeah, he's number one, right? Yeah, Tristan Michelle, which I am going to give a shout out to him because I, being an Iowa State fan as well, I actually watched his recruiting process come to USD. I did think he was actually going to, or come to Iowa State. I thought he was going to be something at Iowa State, and the wide receiver room got crowded. He took an opportunity to transfer with Aiden to USD, which I, I love the little farming program that USD has created with the transfers from Iowa State. It just makes me you know, prouder for the team. But Tristan out on the field, he's fun to watch. You know, he doesn't get all the catches uh, like the other three that we've already mentioned. But that guy's got swagger, and he is not afraid to get in somebody's face and just talk a little smack. You know, he doesn't get too crazy. It doesn't get feisty. But when the ball is thrown in his way, I mean, he's coming down with it too. And it is really refreshing having a receiver that's, if I remember correctly, 6'5", compared to, you know, Jack Carter running at what? 5'11", 6 foot. It's nice to have a little size, right? Right. So I would like to see some one-on-one more, though, next year. Yep. Um, I think that could definitely open up the playbook more yep. using that height. Yep. They did not I, – I don't know what – obviously, we all don't know what was in uh, Josh's head with play calling and whatnot or if what he saw compared to what we, what we see in the stands, but – I remember going to several games and people going, why don't we go to him more in the red zone one-on-one and at least try it? Because when he's gone up for that, he can get up too. But maybe his catching ability isn't great with content. I don't know. Yeah, but I think that's a very common thing amongst fans that the games we were at were like, why aren't we? Well, one, it was, why aren't we utilizing the tight end more? Mm-hmm. And then two, it was like on these you know, first and tens from the 25 or 30, why not take a shot? Aiden can throw that to the back corner. You got a 6'5 guy, go up. You, you, Just give it a shot. You got a 6'5 guy, throw him to a 6'5 guy. <laughs> yeah. I will say, yeah. the things that I remember from Tristan's uh, recruiting process with at Iowa State, they did bring him in uh, as a kind of an expected project. Coming from Canada in the change uh, in play style was definitely a factor into it. And if I remember correctly, he did not have a lot of time in high school playing football as well. So his playing time is limited, but I do know, and you know, when we find our next receivers coach, which I 100% faith in coach Nielsen to pick the right decision because he's done that time and time again for us, but then also have Josh Davis there who I can't give compliments to the team up North, but he knew how to coach those receivers. And so he definitely has a background in it and his own coaching on it. Riley Donovan. There we go. I'm all for fan plugs. You know, we we have no idea except for who we know. But I like it because I did look into Riley as well. (laughs) I, you know, I I started following him on Twitter recently. So we'll see. (laughs) I'll see if I can get that going. Now... I want to talk about our favorite player, but I'm pretty sure we just talked about the entire roster instead. Hey, is it really fair? Hey, we have a, hey, we have a bunch of winners, pal, man. Look at the season. We just How can we not? Exactly. You know, I guess we're all dads. You can't pick a favorite kid, right? So the entire no. starter, a lot of the backups we saw on the field, we love them all, and we appreciate all they do because it was fantastic to watch them all play. I want to say thank you to all the Kyle fans that took their time to listen. Please download and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep bringing you all the best Kyle content. 
When you get three fanatics in a room together, the discussion can get a bit long. We actually had to segment our first episode into two parts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on part two coming soon. Be sure to join the USD Coyote Fans Nation page on Facebook. And don't forget to support Coyote Athletics by becoming a Howling Pack member at GoYotes.com. Signing off, this is Back the Pack Podcast. And like always, it's a great day to be a Coyote.